Hello and welcome to the podcast. So in this podcast, I'm going to cover January and February month econ- uh, economy section. And these notes are of uh, Santosh, sir, because uh, why I'm referring to these notes is because these notes have information which is exactly related and relevant to this exam. And it does not have any extra or uh, basically irrelevant information which we need to study and mug up. So these notes are very important and uh, let's begin. So obviously like I'll I'll cover this uh, whole uh, January and February in both two sections. And uh, the first topic is sustainable development goals of india index why it is important because uh, niti ayog released sdg india index and dashboard of 2019 india is the first country in the whole world with a government led and sub national measure of uh, progress on sustainable development goals niti ayog today released the second edition of the Sustainable Development Goals of India Index which comprehensively documents the progress made by India's states and union territories towards achieving the sustainable development goals target. The SDG India Index has been uh, developed by in collaboration with MOSPI which is the Ministry of Statistics and Program Implementation, United Nations in India and Global Green Growth Institute. So MOSPI United Nations which is working in India and Global Green Growth Institute Sustainable Development Goals India Index is more robust than first edition on account of wider coverage of goal targets with greater alignment with greater alignment with what NIF NIF is what I will have to find and then I'll come back to you again the index spans 16 out of 17 SDG which a qualitative assessment of go on goal 17 this marks an improvement of the 2018 index which covered only 13 goals so jo 2018 index it had only 13 goals but this time we had 16 out of 17 covered additionally this year the SDG India index report has been has a new section on profiles of all 37 states and union territories which will be very useful to analyze their performance on all goals in a lucid manner a composite score was computed in the range of 0 to 100 for each state based on their aggregate performance across 16 goals indicating the average performance of every state union territory towards achieving 16 sdg and their respective targets If a state union territory achieves a score of 100 it signifies it has achieved the 2030 national targets the higher the score of a state union territory the closer it is towards achieving the targets now the classification has been done of this sdg india index which is in uh, four categories first is aspirant category which will have a index or average score of 0 to 49 then performers will have 50 to 64 then front runner runner will have 65 to 99 and achievers will be 100 india's composite score has moved from 57 which is a performer category in 2018 to 60 which is also a performer 
thereby showing noticeable progress the maximum gain has been done in goal 6 which is clean water and sanitation goal 9 which is industry innovation and infrastructure and goal 7 which is affordable and clean energy so basically total sanitation campaign and uh, industry innovation related schemes are uh, atal innovation mission then uh, make in india and uh, all these uh, schemes has contributed to goal 9 all three states that were in aspirant category uttar pradesh bihar and assam have graduated to the performer category so aspirant has 0 to 49 performer has 50 to 64 the five states andhra pradesh telangana karnataka goa so basically most of them are south southern india except sikkim moved from performer to front runner andhra pradesh telangana karnataka goa sikkim moved from performer to front runner kerala achieved the first rank in the composite sdg index with a score of 70 followed by himachal pradesh at 69 so kerala had a score of 70 and followed by himachal pradesh at 69 andhra pradesh telangana tamil nadu ranked at the third position with the score of 67 andhra pradesh telangana tamil nadu ranked at the third position with the score of 67 the biggest improvers since 2018 are up which has moved from 29th position to the 23rd then there is odisha and sikkim while bihar improved its score from 48 in 2018 to 15 in 2019 it still has a long way to go in achieving the targets the biggest improvers since 2018 are up odisha sikkim bihar improved its score from 48 in 2018 to 15 in 2019 still has a long way to go in achieving the targets Niti Aayog has a twin mandate to oversee the implementation of SDGs in the country and promote competitive and cooperative federalism among states and union territories. The SDG India Index acts as a bridge between the mandates aligning the SDG with the Honorable Prime Minister's clarion call of Sabka Saath Sabka Vikas and Sabka Vishwas. So what are the twin mandates of uh, Niti Aayog to oversee the implementation of SDG in the country? and promote cooperative and competitive federalism among states and union territories the sdg india has a index act as a bridge between these mandates which is aligning the sdg with the prime minister's call of sabka saath sabka vikas and sabka vishwas which embodies the five p's of the global sdg plan movement which is uh, sdg bolo to sustainable development goals it has five p's which is people planet prosperity partnership and peace this is very important which you can use to you know kind of uh, add value to your answer people planet prosperity partnership and peace what is it people planet prosperity partnership and peace so this was it about uh, cc uh, this was it about the sdg goals tell me which is the state which is a top performer kerala followed by himachal pradesh and uh, what are the states that had moved from performer to front runner category five states andhra pradesh telangana karnataka goa and sikkim then which state has improved significantly uttar pradesh from 
Duly constituted in March 2009, the Monopolies and Restrictive Trade Practices Act of 1968-69 was repealed and replaced by the Competition Commission Act of 2002 on the recommendations of Raghavan Committee. Competition Commission of India aims to establish a robust competitive environment. Robust competitive environment, MRTP. which is mrtp act what it is mrtp of 1969 it was repealed and replaced by competition act in two of 2002 on the recommendation of which committee raghavan committee then uh, through proactive uh, engagement with all stakeholders including consumers industry government and international jurisdictions by being a knowledge intensive organization with high competence level what what we are talking about through proactive engagement with whom stakeholders including consumers industry government and international jurisdictions by being a knowledge intensive organization with high competence level through professionalism transparency resolve and wisdom in enforcement through professionalism transparency resolve wisdom in enforcement competition act 2002 The Competition Act was passed in 2002 and has been amended by the Competition Amendment Act of 2007. It follows the philosophy of modern competition laws. It follows the philosophy of modern competition laws. The Act prohibits anti-competitive agreement, abuse of dominant position by enterprises, and regulates combinations like acquisition, acquiring of control, and M&A. which causes or likely to cause an appre- appreciable adverse effect on competition within india the act prohibits anti competitive agreement abuse of dominant position by enterprises and uh, regulates combinations acquisition acquiring of control and uh, mna which causes or likely to cause an appreciable adverse effect on competition within india what i'm saying i'm saying is this act which act competition commission act it prohibits anti competitive agreements abuse of dominant position by enterprises and regulates combinations which causes or likely to cause an appreciable adverse effect on competition within india in accordance with the provisions of the amendment act the competition commission of india and the competition appellate tribunal has been established government replaced competition appellate tribunal compared with the national company law appellate tribunal which is nc nclat in 2017 the composition of cci is it has one chairperson and six members this is the thing which you need to remember one chairperson six members as per the competition act who shall be appointed by central government the commission is quasi judicial body which gives opinions to statutory authorities and also deals with other cases the chairperson and other members shall be whole time members so the cci members are not ex officio or anything but they are full time members 
the eligibility of these members is that they shall be a person of ability integrity and standing and who has been qualified to be a judge of the high court or a special knowledge and professional experience of not less than 15 years in international trade economics business commerce law finance accountancy management industry public affairs administration or in any other matter which in the opinion of the central government may be useful to the commission then functions and role of cci to eliminate practices having adverse effect on competition and promote and sustain competition protect the interest of consumers and ensure freedom of trade in the markets of india what is the function of cci to eliminate practices having adverse effect on competition number 1 second is to give opinion on competition issues on a reference received from statutory authority established under any law and undertaken and undertake competition advocacy the competition commission of india takes uh, following measures to achieve its objectives what are the measures taken by cci its objective is consumers welfare to make the markets work for the benefit and welfare of the consumers then uh, ensure fair and healthy competition in economic activities ensure fair and healthy competition in economic this this all things we already know we understand what should be the you know role of uh, cci then implement competition policies with the aim to effectuate the most efficient utilization and uh, next is to develop and nurture effective relations and interactions with sectoral regulators to ensure smooth alignment of sectoral regulatory laws in tandem with the competition law develop and nurture effective relations and interactions with sectoral regulators to ensure smooth alignment of sectoral regulatory laws in tandem with the competition law effectively carry out competition advocacy and spread the information on benefits of competition among all stakeholders to establish and nurture competition culture in indian economy effectively carry out competition advocacy and spread information on benefits of competition among all stakeholders to establish and nurture competition culture in indian economy the competition commission is india's competition regulator and antitrust watchdog for smaller organizations that are unable to defend themselves against large corporation so it is a antitrust watchdog for smaller organizations that are unable to defend themselves then cci uh, competition commission of india has the authority to notify the organizations that sell to india if it if it feels they may be negatively influencing the com- competition in india's domestic market the competition act guarantees that no enterprise abuses their dominant position in the market through the control of supply manipulating purchase prices or adopting practices then a foreign company seeking entry into india through a acquisition or merger will have to abide by the country's competition laws which is very obvious for any country uh, company trying to seek entry into india will have to abide by the laws of india then assets and turnover above, above a certain monetary value will bring the group under the purview of competition commission of india assets and turnover above a certain monetary value will bring up 
the group under the purview of CCI. Next is National Infrastructure and Investment Fund. This has also come so many times in the exam, but uh, let us know what it is. National Infrastructure and Investment Fund. The government has set up 40,000 crore NIIF in 2015 as an investment vehicle for funding commercially viable greenfield, brownfield and stalled infrastructure projects. The Indian government is investing 49% and the rest of the corporate is to be raised from third-party investors such as sovereign wealth funds, insurance and pension funds and endowments. NIIF mandate includes investing in areas such as energy, transportation, housing, water, waste management and other infrastructure related sectors in India. INIIF mandate includes investing in areas such as energy, transportation, housing, water, waste management and other infrastructure related sectors in India. NIIF currently manages three funds. What are those funds? The funds are registered as Alternative Investment Fund with SEBI. The three funds are Master Fund, Fund of Fund and Strategic Investment Fund. So these are also registered as Alternative Investment Fund with the Securities and Exchange Board of India. The three funds are Master Fund. The Master Fund is an infrastructure fund with the objective of primarily investing in operating assets in the core of uh, core infrastructure sector such as road port airport power then fund of funds fund of funds anchor and or invest in funds managed by fund managers who have good track record in infrastructure and associated sectors in india some of the sectors of uh, focus include green infrastructure mid income and affordable housing Infrastructure Services and Allied Sectors Strategic Investment Fund is registered as Alternative Investment Fund under SEBI Alternative Investment Fund in SEBI in India Recently Rodis What is this Rodis? Rodis is a private investor and operate of uh, operator of transport infrastructure worldwide and is and the National Inv Investment and Infrastructure Fund have jointly set up a platform to invest in road projects. So NIIF and Rodis have came have come together to invest in road projects in India. The platform would invest up to two billion dollar of equity targeting tall operate transfer model toll operate transfer models, acquisitions of existing road concessions and investment opportunities in the road sector with an aim to create a large road platform in the country. So Rodis and NIIF have come together to invest $2 billion in the road projects in India on a toll operate transfer models and acquisition of existing road concession and investment opportunities. That was it about the National Infrastructure Investment Fund. What you need to remember is these three types of fund, which is master fund. It is an infrastructure fund with the objective of primarily investing in operating assets. Operating assets in the core infrastructure sector like road, port, uh, airport and power. Then this fund of fund is managed by fund managers who have good track records in infrastructure and associated sectors. The sectors it uh, work into is uh, green infrastructure, mid-income, affordable housing, 
then infrastructure services and allied sectors then uh, strategic investment fund is registered as an alternative investment fund to under sevi in india next is savings rate the savings rate is a measure of the amount of money expressed as a percentage or ratio that a person deducts from his disposable personal income to set aside a nest egg or for retirement so savings rate is measured is the measurement of the amount of money expressed as a percentage of ratio that a person deducts from his disposable personal income to set aside as a nest egg or for retirement next topic is social capital what is social capital social capital according to organization of economic cooperation and development is defined as networks together with the shared norms values and understanding that facilitate cooperation within or among groups it is the networks that uh, together with shared norms values and understandings that facilitate cooperation within or among groups next topic is national housing board what is national housing board national housing board is an all india financial institution set up in 1988 All India Financial Institution set up in 1988 under the National Housing ba- Bank Act of 1987. It is an apex agency established to operate as a principal agency to promote housing finance institutions. To promote what? Housing finance institutions, both at local and regional levels. and to provide financial and other support incidental to other such institutions and for matters connected therewith it is an apex apex agency established to operate a principal agency to promote housing finance institutions at local and regional levels and to promote financial and other support incidental to such institutions and for matters connected therewith rbi has sold its entire stakes in national housing bank the decision to divest its entire stake was taken based on the recommendation of second narsimhan committee the decision to divest its entire stake was taken on the recommendation of second narsimhan committee now the government holds 100% stake in national housing bank so government is the sole owner of the nhp next is gender dividend what is gender dividend specially specifically a gender dividend is the increased economic growth that could be realized with investments in women and girls a gender dividend can flow from lower fertility rates which lessen women's burden of caring for dependents and free up time for other productive activities notably formal employment gender dividend is increased economic growth that could be realized when investment in women and girls so for example if any indian uh, if any economy country is willing to invest more money on the education and well being of uh, women of their country and as a result of that the women increases their participation in economic growth and that realize that increased economic growth is being considered as gender dividend which otherwise would not have been possible when the women were not part of economy formal economy
नेक्स्ट टॉपिक इज ग्लोबल इकोनॉमिक प्रोस्पेक्ट्स रिपोर्ट रिलीज बाय वर्ल्ड बैंक ए सेमी एनुअल ग्लोबल इकोनॉमिक प्रोस्पेक्ट्स रिपोर्ट टाइटल हाइटन टेंशंस सबड्यूड इन्वेस्टमेंट ग्लोबल इकोनॉमिक प्रोस्पेक्ट्स रिपोर्ट is released by abhi now it is global economic prospects so don't don't consider it as a you know part of economic forum global economic forum it is released by world bank it is a semi annual global economic prospects report titled as heightened tensions and subdued investment global growth is set to rise by 2.5% this year a small uptick from 2.4% in 2019 as trade and investment gradually recover emerging market and developing economies will see growth accelerate to 4.1% from 3.5% last year the face following cha- challenges that is rising debt it climbed to about 170% of gdp in 2018 from 115% of gdp in 2010 productivity slowdown average output Average output per worker in emerging developing economies is less than one fifth of that of a worker. <sighs> Wait. So global growth is set to rise by two point five percent this year, which is not possible now because now coronavirus has hit in the global economy. This was uh, considered in uh, January. a small uptick of 2.4% as trade and investment gradually recover this is also not possible then emerging market and developing economies will see growth accelerate to 4.1% from 3.5% last year so uh, all these now global economic prospects report which was released by world bank for 2019 i think whatever they have predicted now it is not uh, feasible because every country in the world has been affected by coronavirus and uh, the challenges what the com- com- countries are facing is rising debt because uh, it climbed to about uh, the the debt global debt has increased 170% in 2018 from 115 in 2010 and productivity slowdown productivity slowdown average output per worker in emerging and developing em- economies is less than 1/5 of the worker in an advanced economy findings on india it lowered its position for india's economic growth to 5% in 2019-20 fiscal year but said it would recover 5.8% in the following year so we have lowered our projection to 5% but now uh, said it would recover to 5.8 which is also not possible so all this reports uh, findings turn out to be bullshit for this year and maybe for the 2021 also because it will take one more year to recover from this coronavirus in its report the world bank said tighter credit conditions in the non banking sector in india were contributing to a substantial weakening of the domestic demand this we need to know that world bank has said that in india the tighter credit conditions in the non banking sector which is non banking financial companies in india is contributing to a substantial weakening of domestic demand next is high spenders india has overtaken russia to be among the world's top 4 military spenders in 2018 top 4 so what are the three other three 
यूएस चाइना सऊदी अरेबिया यूएस चाइना सऊदी अरेबिया नॉट इवन पाकिस्तान सो दिस वी नीड टू नो दैट इंडिया हैज ओवरटेकन रशिया टू बी अमंग द वर्ल्ड स्टॉप फॉर मिलिट्री स्पेंडर्स इन 2018 अकॉर्डिंग टू ग्लोबल थिंक टैंक व्हिच हैज एट्रिब्यूटेड द राइज इन डिफेंस एक्सपेंडिचर टू टेंशंस विद चाइना एंड पाकिस्तान because india has rising tension with china and pakistan so we are now spending more on our military expenditure the stockholm international pre peace research institute which is uh, abbreviated as cipri report stated that india's defense spending rose by 3.1% to 66.5 billion 3.1% to 66.5 billion the us China Saudi Arabia were the top 3 defense spenders followed by India and France in 2017 India was at the fifth spot Russia which occupied the fourth position has fallen to out of the top 5 bracket for the first time in 12 years and is now sixth okay mr vladimir putin you are sixth next topic is resource use efficiency policy resource use efficiency policy Now Ministry of Environment Forest and Climate Change has released a draft of National Resource Efficiency Policy. The policy envisions a future with environmentally sustainable and equitable economic growth, resource security, healthy environment and restored ecosystem with rich ecology and biodiversity. What it is? The policy envisions a future with environmentally sustainable and equitable economic growth resource security healthy environment and restored ecosystems with rich ecology and biodiversity the draft talks about action plans with time frame of 3 financial years starting from 2019 the policy is guided by the principles of reduction in primary source consumption of sustainable levels reduction in primary resource consumption to sustainable levels then creation of higher value with less material through resource efficient and circular approaches waste minimization creation of employment opportunity opportunities and business models beneficial to the cause of environmental protection and restoration creation of higher value with less material resource efficient and circular approaches waste minimization creation of employment opportunities and business models beneficials to the cause of environmental protection and restoration seven sectors identified for the first nrep action plan first nrep action plan is uh, what are the seven sectors national resource efficiency policy what are the seven sectors on which we need to work on resource efficiency automotive sector then plastic packaging sector building and construction sector electrical and electronic equipment sector solar photovoltaic sector and uh, steel sector and aluminium sector automotive sector plastic packaging sector building and construction sector electrical and electronic equipment sector solar photovoltaic sector steel sector and aluminium sector priority areas because they contribute almost 25% to indian gdp priority areas because they contribute almost 25% to indian gdp 
the energy resource institute Terry puts an effort on the issue of improving resource utilization because e even though there were different policies under different ministries a common connecting link was missing one of the objective is to see how the existing policies are currently working for the promotion of resources and how life cycle thinking can be promoted across different stakeholders so that they do not feel isolated one of the objectives is to see how the existing policies are currently working for the promotion of resources and how the life cycle thinking can be promoted across different stakeholders so that they do not feel isolated what is the objective to see existing policies are currently working for the promotion of resources and how life cycle thinking can be promoted across different stakeholders so that they do not feel isolated the resources which are being extracted produced fabricated designed and ultimately being consumed are a kind of one unit entity which is traveling through the various stages of the life cycle this is a very critical thought in the formation of this policy terry compiled a sectoral assessment of various sectors with potential opportunities and shared it with moefcc which prepared the draft for the policy in the concept of resource efficiency and product of one industry would be used as an initial product of another industry so there has to be an industrial symbiosis in the concept of resource efficiency and product of one industry would be used as an initial product of another industry so there has to be an industrial symbiosis end of one point matlab kachra of one industry to be used as an input of another industry so there has to be an industrial symbiosis all the ministries will have to be on board to check the complete and total outlook of the end product and less of a virgin material and will be used what i'm saying is all the ministries would have to be on board to check the complete and total outlook of the end product and less of virgin material will be used and more focus will be on the secondary resource material which can help india to achieve a 5 trillion dollar economy by 2024 what is the target for this plan to solve the need of a single coordinating force which can make an action plan to be followed by different ministries without entering into the territory of the ministries and not becoming a threat to them this can be used as a prototype for the sectors which would be taken up after these initial seven sectors after 3 years to save our resources and finance by shunning the linear economy and adopting circular economy major achievements can be done more focus on abiotic resources for the time being and biotic resources to be talked about in the later phases of the plan basically all this is just to you know have a circular economy where we will use the end product of one industry as an input for the other industry it will help us to reduce our resource usage and it will make us more efficient and help us to reach this uh, 5 trillion dollar growth target by 2024 next is inverted duty structure Inverted duty structure is a situation where import duty on finished goods is lowered is low compared to the import duty on the raw material that are used in the production of such finished goods in conclusion 
the manufactured goods by domestic industry become uncompetitive against imported finished goods samajh mein aaya so that we have less import duty on finished goods so the finished goods will be more cheaper compared to the the finished goods which are imported from a foreign country will be cheaper than the finished goods which are manufactured in our own country so what would you do we will import the sasta cheese this sasta cheese even though it comes out of some other country so this is called inverted duty structure next is of budget financing this refers to the expenditure that's not funded through the budget out of budget so off budget financing includes mechanisms like market borrowings and ways and means advances which are outside the purview of the parliamentary oversight for example special banking arrangements were used to conceal the deferment of fertilizer subsidies conceal the deferment of fertilizer subsidies the government across the world used this to escape budget controls why do we do it to escape budget controls then in india the fiscal responsibility and budget management act frbm suggests that the fiscal deficit should be down to about 3% of the gdp will be an ideal target and for any country government for the government of any country it is very important to have this frbm target under control and they try to do the expenditure out of the budget so that we can reduce the fiscal deficit next topic is make in india make in india campaign was launched by the prime minister of india when on 25 september 2014 when he came the first year itself he launched make in india if you remember the logo of that it is a basically a tiger with uh, so much spare parts made out of spare part designs which was quite an innovative uh, logo so it was launched in the year exactly when the government came into the power which is 2014 on 25th september the objectives are to attract foreign investment for new industrialization and develop the already existing industry base in india to surpass that of china target of an increase in manufacturing sector growth to 12 to 14% per annum over the medium term so what is the target it is the target of an increase in manufacturing sector growth to 12 to 14% per annum over the medium term to increase the share of manufacturing sector in the country's gdp from 16% to 25% by 2022 to create 100 million additional jobs by 2022 then to promote export led growth to promote export led growth to attract so what are the objectives of make in india to attract foreign investment for new industrialization to target an increase in manufacturing sector growth to 12 to 14% per annum and to increase the share of manufacturing sector in the country's gdp from 16% to 25% by 25 by 2022 this is quite an impossible task for india to increase its share in manufacturing then to create 100 million additional jobs by 2022 and to promote export led growth promote export led growth theek hai next is nso 
National Statistics Office. Recently, the government has decided to merge Central Statistical Organization and the National Sample Survey Office to form a National Statistical Office under the Ministry of Statistics and Program Implementation. Samaj mein aaya? CSO and NSSO will be merged to form NSO. It will be headed by a Director General. It is responsible for conduct of large-scale sample surveys in diverse fields on all India basis. And uh, primarily, the data are uh, collected through nationwide household surveys on various socioeconomic subjects, annual survey of industries, etc. Besides these surveys, the NSO collects data on rural and urban prices and plays a significant role in the improvement of crop statistics through supervision of the area enumeration and crop estimation surveys of the state agencies. The NSO has four divisions, Survey Design and Research Division, Survey Design and Research Division, Field Operations Division, Data Processing Division and Survey Coordination Division. What are the divisions of NSO? Number one, SDRD, Survey Design and Research Division, Field Operation Division, Data Processing Division and Survey Coordination Division. Next is Corruption Perception Index 2019. India's ranking in the Corruption Perceptions Index has slipped from 78 to 80 compared to the year 2018. So now we are more corrupt from 2018-2019 was the year of more corruption. How? The 2019 Corruption Perception Index on 13 surveys and expert assessment to measure public sector corruption in 180 countries and territories, giving each a score from 0 to 100, where 0 is the highly corrupt and 100 is very clean. Ours, ours is a 78 in the 2000 year 18 and 2019 we have 80. The first launched in 1995 by Transparency International the index has been widely credited with putting the issue of corruption on the international policy agenda. Transparency International is a non-profit, non-governmental organization decided to fighting corruption. It was founded in 1993 and is based in Berlin and Germany. 1993 and is based in Berlin and Germany. Next is ENAM. What is ENAM? It was launched by the Ministry of Agriculture, Government of India. The electronic market pilot across India was launched on 14th April 2016 by the Prime Minister of India, Narendra Modi. E-National Agricultural Market is a pan-India electronic trading portal which, nest, which nets the prevailing agricultural produce market committees, Mondays, for making an united national market for agricultural commodities. The ENAM project will operate via the online portal that is linked to the state's Monday's wholesale market. All the participating states will be providing the software which is website and mobile application for ENAM at zero cost. So it's e ENAM with uh, the website and a mobile application will be provided by the states itself with zero cost. And some key points related to ENAM are that Government of India is offering 30 lakh for the participating agricultural Mondays. And uh, how much grant? 30 lakh rupees. Next is farmers under this scheme will be given farmer helpline services to help them obtain information about the portal. Next is the small farmers agri business consortium 
which is the lead promoter of the ENAM. Small Farmers Agri-Business Agri Consortium, which is the lead promoter of National Agricultural Market. SFAC, which is formulated under the Department of Agriculture, Corporation and Farmers Welfare. And SFAC, through open tender, selects a partner to develop, operate and maintain the NAM e-platform. SFAC, through open tender, selects a partner to develop, operate and maintain the NAM or e-platform. Farmer Headline Services 24-7 to help obtain information about the portal. Next is Income Tax Appellate Tribunal. Recently, the Income Tax Appellate Tribunal celebrated its 79th Foundation Day. The Income Tax Appellate Tribunal is a quasi-judicial institution set up in 1941 under the Section 5A of the Income Tax Act of uh, 1922. Initially, it had... Uh, three benches at Delhi, Kolkata, Mumbai, but presently it has 63 benches and 27 different stations covering almost all the cities having a seat of high court. So this income tax appellate tribunal is a quasi-judicial institution set up under, set up in 1941 before independence under the section 5 of income tax act of 1922. Initially, it has a three branches, which is uh, Delhi, Calcutta, and Mumbai, and now it has 63 benches at 27 locations, exactly wherever there is a seat of high court. An income tax appellate tribunal is referred as mother tribunal, being the oldest tribunal in the country, obviously. Now, what are its functions? It deals with the appeals under the Direct Tax Act, namely Income Tax Act of 1961. The orders passed by ITAT are final and appeal lies to the High Court only if a substantial question of law arises for determination. The orders passed by the ITAT are final and appeal lies into the High Court only if a substantial question of law arises for the determination. Next is MGNREG. Mahatma Gandhi Employment Guarantee Act 2005. Narega number 42, later named as MGNREG, is an Indian labor law and social security measure that aims to guarantee the right to work. This is a fundamental right and this act is passed in September 2005. It aims to enhance livelihood security in rural areas by providing at least 100 days of wage employment in financial year to every household whose adult members volunteer to do unskilled manual work. Another aim of Mahatma Gandhi and REGA is to create durable assets. What is the aim? To create durable assets. Employment is to be provided within 5 km of an applicant's residence and minimum wages are to be paid. If work is not provided within 15 days of applying, applicants are entitled to an unemployment allowance. If work is not provided within 15 days of applying, the applicants are entitled to an unemployment allowance. That is, if the government fails to provide employment, it has to provide certain unemployment allowances to those people. Thus, employment under Mahatma Gandhi Narega is a legal entitlement. Legal entitlement means it is a law, it is a right provided by a law. MGNREGA is to be implemented mainly by whom? Gram Panchayat. The involvement of contractors is banned. Contractors are not 
and not welcome. Apart from providing economic security and creating rural assets, this NREG can help in protecting the environment, can empower rural women, can reduce rural-urban migration and fostering social equity among others. समझ में आया? NREGA can help in protecting the environment, empowering rural women, reducing rural-urban migration and fostering social equity. Next is Insurance Regulatory and Development Authority of India, IRDAI. This IRDAI is the apex body responsible for regulating and developing the insurance industry in India. It is an autonomous body. It was established by an act of parliament known as Insurance Regulatory Development Act of 1999. Hence, it is a statutory body. IRDAI is headquartered in Hyderabad in Telangana. Prior to 2001, it was headquartered in New Delhi. So now it is in Hyderabad. Before 2001, it was in New Delhi. Its primary purpose is to protect the rights of policyholders. Protect the right of policyholders. Okay. Then it gives the registration certificate to the insurance companies in India, in the country. Insurance companies. Then it also engages in the renewal, modification and cancellation of this registration. Renewal, modification, cancellation. It also creates a regulation to policyholders' interest. Regulations to the protect policyholders' interest. Mission is to protect the interest of the policyholders to regulate, promote, and ensure orderly growth of the insurance industry and for matters connected therewith or incidental thereto. To protect the interest of the policyholders to regulate, promote, and ensure orderly growth of the insurance industry and for matters connected with incidental there too. Samaj mein aya? IRDI. So it is a what? Established in 1999 Act. It is a statutory body. Prior to 2001, New Delhi, then in Hyderabad. Now Forex Exchange Reserve. So the total foreign currencies an economy pauses at a point of time is called its foreign currency asset reserves. What is forex? Whatever money we have other than rupees in the currencies of other countries that is called our forex. According to the latest RBI data, India's foreign exchange reserve surged by $1.620 billion to 430. So we increased $1 billion and now we have total $430 billion due to rise in foreign currency assets. The foreign reserves, foreign exchange reserves of an economy is its foreign currency assets added with its gold reserves added with its gold reserves SDR and reserve trench in IMF gold reserves SDR and reserve trench in IMF the reserve trench is a portion of the required quota of currency each member country must provide to the IMF that can be utilized for its own purposes SDR is an international reserve asset, special drawing rights. SDR boleto special drawing rights. It is an international reserve asset created by the IMF in 1969 to supplement its member countries' official reserves. The SDR is neither a currency nor a claim on the IMF. What is SDR? It is neither a currency nor a claim. It is simply a reserve asset created by IMF in 1969 to supplement its member countries' official reserves. 
then initially the SDR was defined as equivalent to 0.88 gram of fine gold which at the time was also equivalent to 1 US dollar. After the collapse of Bretton Woods system, the SDR was redefined as a basket of currency. The SDR was redefined as a basket of currencies. This basket includes five currencies which is US dollar, Euro, Chinese renminbi, Japanese yen and British pound sterling. China has the highest forest reserves in the world which is 3.2 trillion. China has highest forest forex reserves in the world which is 3.2 trillion dollar. India is currently the sixth largest holder of the forest reserve. So what we are? We are the fifth, sixth largest holder of the forex reserves. Clear? Next is alternative investment funds. Alternative investment funds are the investments which do not happen via traditional modes. What it is? It does not happen via traditional mode. Then which mode is applicable? So what are the traditional modes of investment like stocks, bond, cash, property? The other avenues have been put into the alternative investment through though there is no proper definition of alternative investment. The alternative investment funds come under which board? board? SEBI. SEBI is Sec Securities and Exchange Board of India under the regulations of 2012. Under this regulatory regime, the funds which come up under AIF are as follows. So what are alternative investment funds? These are venture capital funds, pipe, pipe bullet, not the smoking pipe, but the private investment in public equity funds, private investment in public equity. Then there is private equity fund. Then there is private equity fund. Then there is debt funds, then infrastructure equity fund, then real estate fund, then SME fund, social venture funds, strategic fund. So what are the total uh, funds? Nine funds are there which are also categorized as alternative investment fund. First is venture capital funds, then private investment in public equity funds. Third is private equity fund, then fourth is debt fund. Fifth is infrastructure equity fund. Sixth is uh, real estate fund. Then uh, small medium enterprises fund. Seventh. Eighth is social venture funds. Ninth is strategy fund. Mutual funds do not come under AIF. Mutual funds do not come under alternate investment fund. So alternate investment funds are categorized under SEBI regulations as category 1 which is venture capital funds, SME funds, social venture funds. Category 2 is real estate fund, private equity fund, funds for distressed assets. Category 3, hedge funds, pipe funds, etc. And fourth is who invest in an alternate investment fund. Sorry, uh, so AIF is categorized into three, category 1, 2, 3. Category 1 is venture, SME, social venture. 2 is real estate, private, private equity and funds for distressed assets. Category 3 is hedge funds, pipe funds. Who, who invests these alternate investment funds? Most of the alternate investment funds are uh, raise capital from high net worth investors with a So now our next topic is National Payments Corporation of India. 
National Payment Corporation of India is an umbrella organization for operating retail payments and settlement systems in India. It is an initiative by Reserve Bank of India and Indian Banks Association under the provisions of the Payment and Settlement Systems Act 2007. It has been incorporated as a not-for-profit company under the provisions of Section 25 of Companies Act 1956. now section 8 of companies act of 2013 it's an initiative rbi and indian banks association under the provisions of payment and settlement systems act 2007 it has been incorporated as a not for profit company under the provisions of section 25 of companies act 1956 now section 8 of the companies act 2013 The ten crore promoter banks are State Bank of India, Punjab National Bank, Canara Bank, Bank of Baroda, Union Bank of India, Bank of India, ICICI, HDFC, CD Bank, HSBC. In two thousand sixteen, these are basically ten core promoters of National Payments Corporation of India (NPCI), not for profit company under Section twenty five of Companies Act of nineteen fifty six, and now under Section eight of Companies Act of two thousand thirteen. Next topic is National Skill Development Corporation. National Skill Development Corporation is a unique public-private partnership enterprise. As against 40 million people currently who have received any kind of formal or non-formal training, the new vision envisages a creation of pool of 500 million skilled people in 2022. 155, sorry, 500 um, million skilled people by 2022. NSDC has been incorporated as not-for-profit organization under Section 25 of the Companies Act of 1956 in the Ministry of Finance. It has been formed as 51 is to 49 shareholding of private and government. The company, as a public-private initiative, will help to hone the talent of India's workforce in 21 high-growth industries. Public-private initiative in 21 high-growth industries, besides Ministry of Finance. all prominent industry bodies have contributed to the initial capital of this venture it will primarily focus on tackling 30% of the total skill gap of india's workforce over the next decade two areas which can be taken up for immediate consideration are adoption of few itis by the corporation on a management contract so that models for better management of the existing infrastructure can be evolved next topic is fiscal space Fiscal space is the flexibility of a government in its spending choices, and more generally, to the financial well-being of the government. Peter Heller defined as the defined it as room in government's budget that allows it to provide resources for desired purpose without jeopardizing the sustainability of its financial position or the stability of the economy. So, what Peter Heller in two thousand five defined it as. room in a government's budget that allows it to provide resources for the desired purpose without jeopardizing the sustainability of its financial position or the stability of the economy then moody's analytics moody's analytics provides monthly estimate of the fiscal space of many countries they define it as the difference between an estimated upper limit of public debt beyond which action would have to be taken to avoid default and actual public debt expressed as a percentage of gdp or equivalent equivalently as the difference between 
the debt limit to GDP percentage and the actual debt to GDP percentage. Next is uh, World's Bank 2019 World Development Report on the Future of the Work suggests ways governments increase fiscal space in order to prepare for the future of work through investments in human capital and social protection. World Bank's 2019 World Development Report on the Future of Work suggests ways governments increase fiscal space in order to prepare for the future of work through investments in human capital and social protection. Next is Central Issue Price. The Central Issue Price is the price at which central government issues food grains to state governments and governments of union territories for the distribution under targeted public distribution system. What it is? Central Issue Price is the price at which central government issues food grains to state governments and government of union territories for the distribution of TPDS to serve below poverty line, above poverty line and Antyode Anyojana at rates fixed by the government of India. Then Ministry of Consumer Affairs and Food Production, Food and Public Distribution Government of India fixes the central issue prices of wheat and rice which is uniform throughout the country. Who fixes the TPDS uh, price? Ministry of Consumer Affairs, Food and Public Distribution of Government of India. The CIP is less than economic cost incurred by the central government by way of procurement, storage, transportation, distribution. The difference between the economic cost and central issue price called the consumer subsidy is borne by the central government. Consumer subsidy is borne by the central government. Next is NAFED. National Agricultural Cooperative Marketing Federation of India Limited. It is registered under the Ministry Multi. It is registered under the Multi-State Cooperative Societies Act. Multi-State Cooperative Societies Act. National Agricultural Cooperative Marketing Federation of India, registered under Multi-State Cooperative Societies Act. It was set up with the objective to promote the cooperative marketing of agricultural produce to benefit the farmers. Cooperative marketing of agricultural produce to benefit the farmers. The Department of Agriculture and Cooperation is implementing a price support scheme for the procurement of OLCs and pulses at the minimum support price declared by the government through NAFED, which is the central nodal agency for this purpose. Central Nodal Agency for this purpose. Minimum support prices are recommended by the Commission of Agricultural Costs, CACP. Minimum support prices are recommended by CACP. And uh, approved by Cabinet Committee on Economic Affairs. So, minimum support prices are recommended by CACP, approved by Cabinet Committee on Economic Affairs. NAFED, which is uh, National Agricultural and Cooperative Marketing and Federation of India, is one of the central nodal agencies for the procurement of 16 notified agriculture. The scheme, the procurement is uh, to be undertaken if the market price of the stocks rule at or below the declared MSP. And procurement is to be continued till the market price stabilizes above the declared MSP above the declared MSP or harvesting period of 90 days as declared by respective state governments, whichever is earlier. NAFED is procuring stocks under PSS directly from the farmers through its cooperative network at state level and primary level. The payment to the farmers is 
made only through digital mode like RTGS and NEFT. The payment of to the farmers is made only through digital mode like RTGS and NEFT. Losses, if any, incurred is PSS operations of oil seeds, pulses, and cotton are fully reimbursed by the government of India profit, if any, on the disposal of the commodities procured under PSS is transferred to the government of India. Nafid has been implementing the scheme on behalf of government of India for more than four decades. Government of India has entrusted Nafid for the supply of various agro commodities and household items to different countries as humanitarian aid, emergency relief material. Nafid at the behest of the government of India has uh, also serves the consumer's interest through the supply of various essential items such as onion, potato, egg during scarce marketing situations or when the prices of such commodities rise abnormally. Next is Financial Secrecy Index. So Financial Secrecy Index ranks jurisdictions according to their secrecy and the scale of their offshore financial activities. A politically neutral ranking, it is a tool for understanding what it is, Financial Secrecy Index. It ranks jurisdictions according to their secrecy and the scale of their offshore financial activities. A politically neutral ranking, it is a tool for understanding the global financial secrecy, tax havens or secrecy jurisdictions and illicit financial flows or capital flight. The index was launched on 18th February 2020. It is released biennial. The Financial Secrecy, uh, Secrecy Index complements our Corporate Tax Haven Index, which ranks the world's most important tax havens for multinational companies. Overall, Seaman Islands tops the list secrecy score of 76, whereas India is ranked 47th in the Financial Secrecy Index. Seaman Islands topped the list, whereas India is ranked 47th in the Financial Secrecy Index with secrecy score of 48. Secrecy score is 76 for Seaman Island, which is uh, topping the list, and uh, ours is just 48. Next is Financial Secrecy Index. What is the rank of other countries? We don't know. Most in the financial secrecy index is the world's most comprehensive assessment of the secrecy of the financial centers. Basically, tax seven. Okay. Next is dividend distribution tax. The dividend distribution tax is a tax imposed by whom? Government of India. On whom? Indian companies. According to the dividend paid to a company's investors. So whatever money you are paying to your investor that dividend percentage you have to pay as a tax to the Indian government. At present, the dividend distribution tax is removed by the government in financial annual statement 2020 according to Union Budget of India 2020. The company has to deposit DDT, dividend distribution tax, within 14 days of declaration, distribution or payment of dividend, whichever is earlier. In case of non-payment, in case of non-payment within 14 days, the company shall have to pay interest at the rate of 1% of the DDT. The key highlights of the budget 2020 is that the dividend distribution tax making India a more attractive investment destination. Then deduction to be allowed for dividend received by holding company from its subsidiary. 
deduction to be allowed for dividend received by holding company from its subsidiary okay then rupees 25000 crore is estimated annual revenue which is foregone under ddt next is tax holiday what is tax holiday a tax holiday is a government incentive program that offers a tax reduction or elimination to businesses tax holidays are often used to reduce sales taxes by local governments but they are also commonly used by governments in developing countries to help stimulate foreign investment the key highlights of the budget 2020 startups startups with turnover of up to 100 crore to enjoy 100% deduction for three consecutive assessment years out of 10 years tax payment on esops will be deferred then next is central consumer protection authority central consumer protection authorities the authority is being constituted under section 10 of the consumer protection act 2019 objective of this consumer protection authority is to protect the rights of the consumer by cracking down on unfair trade practices and false and misleading advertisements that are detrimental to the interests of the people and consumers it will be headquartered in the national capital region of the delhi but the central government may set up regional offices in other parts of the country powers and functions so enquire or investigate into matters relating to violations of consumer rights or unfair trade practices suo moto or on complaint received or on a direction from the central government recall goods or withdrawal of services that are dangerous hazardous or unsafe pass an order for refund the prices of goods and services so recalled to purchasers of such goods or services this continuation of practices which are unfair and prejudicial to consumers interest impose a penalty of up to rupees 10 lakh with imprisonment up to 2 years on the manufacturer or endorser of false and misleading advertisements the penalty may go up to rupees 50 lakh with imprisonment up to 5 years for every subsequent offense committed by the same manufacturer or endorser ban the endorser of a false or misleading advertisement from making so this is very significant change this year in this uh, amendment to the consumers act is that now the endorser for example madhuri dikshit or amitabh bachchan whatever ad, um, product they are endorsing now they will be banned of a false or misleading advertisement from making endorsement of any product or services in the future for a period that may extend to one year the ban may extend up to 3 years in every subsequent violation of the act file complaints of violation of consumer rights or unfair trade practices before the district consumer district redressal commission state consumer dispute redressal commission and national consumer dispute redressal commission the composition of this commission there will be that it will have a chief commissioner as head and only two other commissioners as members one of whom will deal with matters relating to goods while the other will look into the cases relating to services one is of goods and the other is of services the ccpa will have an investigation wing central consumer protection authority will have an investigation wing that will be headed by the director general and district collectors too will have the power to investigate complaints of violation of consumer rights 
unfair trade practices and fair or misleading advertisements next is bureau of indian standards the bureau of indian standards act 2016 establishes the bureau of indian standards as the national standards body of india the bis is the national standard body of india for the harmonious development of the activities of standardization marking and quality certification of goods the bis has been providing traceability and tangibility benefits to the central econ- national economy in the number of ways by providing safe reliable quality goods minimizing health hazard to consumers promoting exports and imports substitute control over proliferation of varieties etc through standardization certification and testing that was it about the january and february issue of uh, magazine by santosh sir for economy part now i will come up in the next part from june to december signing off for now see you later